Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've discovered from my challenges with ADHD and chemo brain. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now certified productive environment specialist and ADHD productivity coach with well over 20 years of experience in business, office design, and productivity. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, wife, mom of a teen and a cat, and a lifelong geek. I'm old enough now to be proud of it. I've learned that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget our appointments, we can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and fits who we are with our unique brains. I believe that to be truly productive, we need to learn how to be intentionally unproductive. A strange twist for a productivity coach. But hey, I love to ski, sail, and surf. Listen in and learn how to streamline your space and systems so you can be more focused, organized, and have more time to be intentionally unproductive. Hey everyone, Katherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office podcast. So first I have to apologize, I'm on the road. My travel microphone is not working and I have had to record here just using my laptop. So if the sound quality is off, I apologize. Like I said, I'm in a hotel and uh, not in my usual digs and no idea why my travel microphone isn't working, but hey, stuff happens and we got to roll with it. First, I want to start with thanking Reinvention Rebel, who left this great review of the podcast for me, five stars. Breath of fresh air. Love this podcast. So happy to have discovered it. Catherine is a welcoming host and shares helpful information and insights about decluttering our minds and spaces to zoom in on deeper focus and more joy. So good and very inspiring. I'm so happy to hear about the joy part because... I think it's great to live a life of joy. So (laughs) remember me, I haven't been around for a while. And here's why I've been awfully quiet. A, bronchitis. B, we took a family trip to Europe. C, got COVID as a souvenir from London. D, got our teen off to a forensic science program in DC. Or E, all of the above. And yes, it's all of the above. Funny not haha funny thing, can happen when you've got life being like that. What it was for me was burnout. Kind of saw it coming, but I kept ignoring it. And I kept thinking that I could keep pushing that boulder like Sisyphus back up the hill endlessly. So I'm saying the burnout started at bronchitis, but who am I kidding? The fact is with burnout, it's starting to happen And you're not going to notice until you get really sick, unless you're really tuned into your body and have a lot of knowledge about it. And I have to say, I knew better. Bronchitis was really forced rest, except I kept getting misdiagnosed for weeks. Was it COVID? Was it flu? Was it a virus? Whatever it was, I should have been resting. But we were going to Europe. I had a ton to do. I wanted to make sure my clients were all set before I left. And here you hear me making a bunch of reasons, right? I'm giving you reasons for why I wasn't resting or taking care of myself. Well, I had a coach years ago who would say, those are excuses masking as reasons. She was right. Jumping to the trip. It was amazing. Great to see 
so many wonderful sites. We started in Amsterdam, which was not the original plan. We were supposed to fly into the Brussels International Airport. And there was a huge strike for security. And therefore, we had to scramble last minute. Luckily, not while we were at the airport. Fortunately, before we left, because my dear friend and client and colleague and everything, she's wonderful, Tin, lives in Belgium. We were going to see her and warned me that there was a possibility of this strike. It was apparently really a mess. And 60,000 people were stranded in the Brussels International Airport. And we were not three of them because my travel agent jumped into action. Thank you, Casey. She's fabulous. And we were able to shift our trip to start in Amsterdam and fly into Amsterdam. Did this cost us money? Yeah, it did. It was kind of painful. But, you know, it was better than being stranded. I'll take that any day of the week. So we had a great time in Amsterdam. We were there for maybe 36 hours and then took the tallest train, which is the uh, express train. I won't necessarily have to say high-speed train, but compared to the US, it is high-speed. Down to Antwerp where Tin picked us up. And we had a great day in Antwerp and then headed down to Ghent. And Ghent was fabulous. We loved it. We stayed in a wonderful, super modern hotel called the Hotel Yellow. We loved it. Ghent was a great jumping off point to everywhere in Belgium. Had a wonderful day with a great guide through uh, tours by locals. That's who we tour with. Her name was Annika. She's awesome. Uh, in Bruges and ended up having dinner in Bruges, which was really fun. And then spent an amazing day on the coast of the Netherlands in a place called Nublit, where Tin and her family have a little beach cottage. So we had a really nice, relaxing day in there in the middle, did a lot of laundry. So something you may not know about me, I have a hardcore rule. It doesn't matter how long you're going for, <laughs> you pack into what I call a rollerboard, which is a uh, carry-on that rolls. It is uh, meets the standards, which is 22 by 14 by 9. Sorry, that's in US inches. Easy peasy to look it up in meters. Sorry, folks. and. One carry on additional. So for us, that's backpacks because we knew we were going to need backpacks to do for any day trips, which was great. So easy enough to get the luggage in with him, easy enough to carry it on the train uh, and get around with it was fabulous. But (laughs) that meant circling back, squirrel, another story, meant doing laundry midstream. So we did four loads of laundry while we hung out at the beach house. And it was wonderful. From Ghent, we went on to Brussels, kind of a lousy morning. We weren't feeling so hot, um, very tired. So we had actually canceled our guide in Brussels and then took the sort of onerous trip on the Eurostar. It was 80 minutes late. There was another strike that happened in Amsterdam that day. So lucky us, we missed the Amsterdam, we missed the Brussels. But in a way, we kind of were having to deal with the Amsterdam strike because I guess it was preventing people from boarding the train in time to uh, the Eurostar to take over to London. And we went by the tunnel. First time we've ever taken Eurostar. It was wonderful. It was a great experience, even if it was 80 minutes late. And when we arrived, we were right next to... Oh boy, I'm going to forget. We were, came into St. Pancras and we were right next to King's Cross, which is where the uh, Hogwarts Harry Potter nine and three quarters 
station is. And uh, we stopped off there first. So that was super fun, literally with our luggage, right? Because we didn't have a lot of luggage. So it was easy peasy. And then we spent four amazing days in London. Short version, we did a one-day tour, again, with tours by locals. Loved our guide, Amanda. She is a blue badge guide, which means she could tour us all through uh, Westminster Abbey. Our daughter really didn't feel good. So she hung out at home and at home (laughs) at the hotel. And we did, uh, oh my gosh, I think we did 15,000 steps in about four or five hours. My husband and I were like hardcore doing all the great sites in London, especially the ones that we knew would bore the heck out of a 17-year-old teenager. And then we picked her up and we took her to Tower of London. We saw the Ravens, which was super fun. And I had a coffee, took an Uber boat. This is fascinating. Okay, this is not really what this whole podcast is about, but I love to talk about travel. So just bear with me. Took an Uber boat. So Uber has paired with these boats and you can take them across the Thames and it's along the Thames and it's fabulous. So we went from the Tower of London you know, seeing the eye and a bunch of other things, sort of like cramming in the sights for our kid while we moved from one place to another and uh, landed at Westminster Abbey so that she could see Big Ben and the Houses of Parliament briefly because we'd already done it. So the next day we got out of town. I have to tell you, London was crazy. There were so many events happening. We were able to hear the Adele concert from Hyde Park from our hotel room, like literally opened the window and listened to the Adele concert. But last night was the Rolling Stones. That was pretty cool. Like Adele to Rolling Stones. Went out to Oxford for the day with another tour guide. His name was Corey. He was great and spent the day in Oxford, had fish and chips at a tavern and then went to what my daughter really wanted to do, which was the Warner Brothers studio for Harry Potter. It was fantastic. We did that at night, ended up at Abbey Road taking photos in the dark at like 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. And then we gave her Sunday morning off. And my husband and I did the Churchill War Rooms. And then we spent the afternoon kind of doing some shopping and hanging out. The Sherlock Holmes Museum wouldn't really recommend it. We thought it was kind of boring. But the Beatles shop is right next door. That was awesome. And ended our entire trip with this spectacular evening high tea at Claridge's. And I did it at 5.30 so that that would be our dinner, um, you know, little tea sandwiches and things. So it was a fabulous trip. <laughs> Unfortunately, we flew back on Monday, July 4th. And by Tuesday, July 5th, my husband and I were down with COVID, which was a bummer. So that was the trip in a nutshell. Amazing, crowded, fun, exhausting all the things. And it really did set us up. Having been so burned out prior, you know, my daughter didn't call it vacation. She called it a trip. It was very much doing things and not a lot of resting except for that one beach day. So a dear friend and mentor, Patty Lennon, talks about how we get these messages like from the universe or your guides or whatever you want to call it, God. And they come in these little, you know, small things like, let's pretend it's little pebbles. Ultimately, she says, it's the boulder. And for us, the big message, the you got to stop was a great big COVID boulder. I needed to rest. I needed to reset my boundaries. And ironically, CJ, my executive assistant extraordinaire, and I had already planned the boundaries would be the theme for this month. And clearly my subconscious was telling me things months ago when I wasn't listening. Who knew much, how much I would need to hear my own message, right? Anyway, so I'm in DC now. And I'm going to use this 
this trip as an example of boundary setting. So yes, this is true. I did in fact only have about two weeks between Europe and DC. Most of it spent recovering from COVID. Those first five days of COVID, I had to just stay in bed. I couldn't do anything else. It was just brutal. We shipped our daughter up to her auntie's house who tested her every day to make sure she was negative for COVID. And uh, then Bob and I could really rest and relax and you know, sort of spread out around the house because we were really quarantined. We were trying very hard for her not to get sick. So I have a laptop business. That is how I can work in DC. That is how I can do this. Yes, granted with a dysfunctional microphone that wasn't in the plan, but otherwise it's been great. I have a table and we're in like a little suite. And I work here for several hours each day, and then I take the afternoons off. So while I'm talking about Patty Lennon, one of the things I decided while I had COVID was she talks about something called your 100%. And I really struggled. What is my 100% each day? Like, what is the 100% I have to do? And then the universe does the rest. And to me, you now the 100 becomes 150, 200, right? I'm really not great with really understanding the 100%. So I decided this summer would really be about answering that question, what is my 100%? And for me, my 100% this summer is not to work the long hours I've been working from January and into May. So boundaries come out of your values. And one, three of my biggest values are my health, my family, and my freedom. Obviously, I was ignoring my health. Probably wasn't so hot for my family that I was sick. And wasn't really feeling the freedom that I could feel. But being in DC now and working half days has meant a lot of freedom. It's been really great. I've loved it. My husband's about to be down here for the weekend. We're going to get some nice family time, just the two of us, actually really couple time, while our daughter's at this uh, forensic science program at American University. And I have freedom from being a laptop business. So some things that I've decided, I'm not going to try to write a book in one month. It's just not going to happen. That's completely unrealistic, especially if I'm only going to work half days for the entire summer. I have other things I still need doing, and that's not the end of the world. So boundaries. I've read a lot about boundaries over the years, and I didn't really understand them until I was a grown-up. I think they're probably the most important skill I've ever learned. The best definition of boundaries, in my humble opinion, is from Tamar, and I'm going to probably say her name wrong. I think it's Roger. In her book, Your Brain's Not Broken. And this is the definition. Boundaries are rules we set for ourselves based on our values and our priorities. Frankly, whether you have ADHD or not, because her book is targeted towards people with ADHD, her chapter on boundaries is amazing. It's written so that the average Joe or Jill can understand. And if you're not a religious person, you don't have to wade through the biblical reasons for having boundaries. Y'all know that book. It's chock full of great strategies and it's so stinking good. I've already read it three times. <laughs> like, I know. I mean, I'm resting and I read a lot when I rest. And it is highly unusual for me to reread a chapter three times. But I just thought it had so much to offer and it was so in keeping with what I believe. And it was also right on the timing. It was just perfect, right? So, anyone know camera? I really want her to be a guest on my podcast. So if you know her and you can make an introduction, you have no idea how grateful I would be. So when we think of boundaries, we usually jump straight to ways to keep others from doing all the things that drive us crazy. But boundaries really start with us. They're physical, mental, and emotional fences we construct 
to ensure our safety. Boundaries are an important first step to improving your mental health. They can help you with your own behavior. Think of them as many rules you follow that are based off those values and priorities you have in your life. So I'll give you a couple examples so you know what I'm talking about. Instead of snarfing fries, you decide to eat a salad. Instead of surfing the internet on the soap all day, you take a brisk walk around the block when you're feeling burned out and tired, right? Instead of staying up to watch one more show, you go to bed so getting up tomorrow is easier. Instead of purchasing the expensive new purse, you put the money towards the vacation you've been planning. Instead of answering that work email on the weekend, you turn off your phone and hang out with your kids. For me, this weekend, it's going to be my spouse, right? How fun is that? Those are some of my personal boundaries. These are actually ones I made for myself. And they not only help me manage my life, they help me manage my ADHD. And this is really important because ADHD is a huge part of my life. And it's really hard for us. I'm going to suggest, by the way, you heard a whole bunch of examples there. I didn't set those overnight. I didn't do them all in one day. I didn't try to do six brand new habits in one day. You can't. Please don't try to do six brand new habits in one day. You're going to just set yourself up for failure. You're going to be so frustrated. So choose one, maybe two at a time. It takes a lot for a person with a neurodivergency, especially to shift a new to a new habit. Okay. Enough about me. Let's talk about my client. She is just amazing. I am going to call her Sue. Sue loves to have a morning spiritual routine. She works a job that is seasonal. And during the winter, she's not working. She's doing all the things at home. And she really has quite a bit to do. She's got a family situation where one of her family members has extra needs. And she needs to be available to take care of those. And she runs the household. She was feeling very frustrated. Now she'd get up in the morning and there was this expectation. Now it was an expectation in her mind, but at the time she didn't realize this. We had to kind of unravel this in coaching that she was supposed to get up and immediately empty the dishwasher and get the kitchen ready and make breakfast and everything else. And she wanted to continue this morning spiritual habit. Now, when she's working in her seasonal work, she has to be there very early in the morning. So getting in some kind of a spiritual morning practice is really hard. She's really got to be up at like five o'clock in the morning. And she has the kind of elaborate spiritual practice that probably takes, let's say, 45 minutes. And she was really feeling resentful because she's like, I got to empty the dishwasher. I've got to do all these things. And I'm not getting to my spiritual morning routine. So two things had to happen. One, and ladies, we are notorious for this. We're not good about asking. So she sat down, she had a conversation with her husband. And she said, does it bother you if I do my spiritual routine before I empty the dishwasher? And it did not bother him. So if there are things that you're thinking your spouse is telling you to do, is expecting you to do, that might be a bunch of stuff in your head, but you're just not unraveling. And in Sue's case, easy peasy. She had to, And by the way, it was not easy for her to have the conversation. It's really hard sometimes for us to ask. But, you know, practice. Practice asking little tiny things and you'll get better at it. I had to learn how to ask when I was going through cancer because I had to ask for a lot of things. I needed a lot of help to get through that journey. So anyway, she no longer empties the dishwasher first thing in the morning, but she can't do the 10, I'm making this up, spiritual things she likes to do in the morning. So what she decided through coaching and our relationship together, this is such a cool thing. She decided to make a morning spiritual basket. And she put these 10 ideas, whatever they are, 
journaling, sitting by a tree, meditating, um, maybe doing some qigong. She put these ideas and these concepts into what, like a basket. It's in a real basket, okay? This is just an idea, like a list. But imagine it's a basket and you write each little thing down on a piece of paper and put it in the basket. And in the morning, she wakes up and she chooses one or two things from that spiritual basket. And then she does those things. She still gets her spiritual practice. It's shorter. It's not as much, but she still gets to enjoy it. And maybe one morning it's journaling and another morning it's meditating, but she gets to still enjoy these things and do them. And it is how she starts her day. And it's a wonderful way to start your day. So I'm really going to recommend that spiritual basket. I think it's awesome. I've actually kind of done the same thing and it's uh, super fun and I'm loving it. So that was her new habit. She did that one habit at a time, right? She created the spiritual morning basket. Once you've created the one, then you can move on to the next one. I want to talk about another way to look at this whole boundary setting thing too. When you're creating a new habit, it's really important how you talk about things, how you language things. So one great way to do this is, oh, by the way, just so you know, like we're really hard on ourselves. We say a lot of negative stuff to ourselves. So in this, you can do these kinds of phrases. I'm a person who, I'm a person who keeps my car tidy. I'm a person who pays my bills on time. I'm a person who returns the library books. I'm a person who eats healthy, nourishing foods. I'm a person who goes to bed on time so I feel well-rested. And on and on and on, right? And most importantly, I'm a person who honors myself. So I hope that helps you. And I want to talk about honoring yourself because rest is a part of that. So I read an article this morning. And it was about a woman who said her fantasy was to have cancer so she could rest without feeling an ounce of guilt. I've had cancer. It wasn't very restful. And I'm going to set that aside because that's not really the point of this story. I hear her loud and clear. I get what it means to be that exhausted. You just want to rest. And you're hoping that society will let you rest. And of course, cancer is the perfect excuse to rest, right? Even though you're not really resting very much when you're having cancer because you're fighting to get better. So there's just some other things going on there. So maybe it's that you imagine, you know, whatever illness would allow you to rest. And so in my case, right, I had bronchitis and COVID. I had no choice. I had to rest. I ignored it during bronchitis. I did not ignore it during COVID. The minute I got COVID, I went to bed. I literally contacted my assistant and I said, this is on you. I can't do a thing for a week. I'm going to bed. Because I had no idea how I was going to react to COVID. And I just wasn't going to, I just was going to not mess. So anyway, what? puts this idea in our mind that we have to be really ill in order to be able to rest. This is the piece I want to take away from this because this is really important. I call bullshit on this. I personally believe the best way to be productive is to actually learn how to be intentionally unproductive. I talk about it all the time and I'm going to talk about it again. Our society puts such a high value on productivity. And so much pressure on people to constantly be doing more that we completely forget that no human being can maintain that pace without consequences to their health and their well-being. I mean, this is like my message to the world, people. We have to rest. So now I'm reading Laziness Does Not Exist by Devin Price. <laughs> Appropriately, I'm reading Laziness Does Not Exist by Devin Price because because it's speaking to me, right? Let's face it. I'm in the midst of taking a summer to rest. So let's just bust this myth of laziness. Okay, let's just start here. It has a long history in our country, my country being the United States of America. And it comes out of really cruddy roots. I mean, just read the book. It'll like 
floor you. Comes out of slavery and Puritans and moral righteousness. And look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being moral, but kind of like yuck. It's the foundation for American capitalism. And, and I'm just not going to look at American capitalism the same way after reading this history of productivity. And, and I'm not thinking you will either. Everything about our culture exalts this mighty, rugged individualist who does it all, does all the things. We just elevate this. It's crazy. And then we use language and look at people and belittle who we call the lazy. And those are, say, and, and this is from the book, the depressed, the apathetic, and the procrastinators. Ah, I've watched this in action. I've been guilty of it myself. I've really been working on myself not to judge if someone is is resting, if they're needing that time, if they're feeling apathetic, if they're procrastinating. Another of my clients keeps saying she's lazy. She's the least lazy person I know. I'm like, oh my God. And, and she's going through some stuff. She's going through some serious health challenges. And she's got some stuff on the personal front that's really heavy. And it's and none of this is small stuff. And she's a lazy. She's like one of the most amazing women I know. So I've grappled with all three of these things at different points in my life. Being depressed, being apathetic, being a procrastinator. The one that, I mean, I bump into procrastination all the time. Hello, I have ADHD. But the one that makes me really realize that I need to rest, that bolder one, is always the apathy. When I start feeling like not excited about doing the podcast, you know, the mini series was happening because I was exhausted. And we're going to have another one. I'm going to take a little bit of August off too. But this time I'm taking a little bit of August off because I'm excited to provide some new things for you. So just bear with me. And I hate to tell you, but summer's going forward. We're going to be doing some of these mini series. It's going to be uh, kind of different. And I hope you'll also be resting and chilling out. And the beauty of the mini series ones is they're really super short. So allowing you more time to do other things or be just to be. All right. I said that apathy is the one that makes me realize it's time for me to step back and be. I've often said that we sacrifice our connections to the altar of our to-do list. I would now contend partly from reading the book, partly from this rest experience I'm doing right now, being right now, we sacrifice our connection with ourselves. And that might be the worst because it means we put ourselves last all of the time. You know you're guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. So Devin says that when we feel unfocused and tired and lazy, it's actually our body's way of signaling it's time to rest. So think this through when you're being apathetic, when you're feeling a little depressed, down and out, blue, moody. And I get that that was a long range of different things. I have done blue and moody. I have done depressed. They are very different things. I don't want to downplay either. If you're procrastinating a lot on something, step back, spend some time just being and see what's going on. Get some rest. It's okay to step away and take a walk or just chill on the couch for half an hour. So what is this looking like for me this summer? You've gotten to hear about boundaries. You've gotten to hear about rest. I'm working only in the mornings. Sometimes I'm finishing at 2 p.m. That's because there were already things on my calendar and I want to honor those things and honor those people. But generally, the idea is that I am going to work from like 8 a.m. to noon every day all summer. Now, that's my typical schedule when I go down to say Femic Island for a couple of weeks. I only work in the morning. I'm scrolling my schedule way, way down this summer. So I talked about the class um, with Patty Lennon about listening to your guides. And I want you to know that I love everything Patty creates. She's amazing. 
but I didn't understand any of this class. It was back in April. I wasn't feeling good. I was burned out. I was exhausted. That was even before I had bronchitis. And that wasn't Patty's fault that I didn't understand. It's because I didn't really make time for it. And I really missed out. So the first thing I'm doing this summer is I'm actually going to do all the things around that class. It's journaling assignments and learning about talking to your guides. And I love that I'm having the space each morning, early in the morning to open up my journal and and listen to this tremendous wisdom of my guides. And if that's all too woo for you, well, then, you know, make space to listen to your own inner wisdom. You'll be shocked to learn how much your soul knows and how often you would like be ignoring it and doing all these stuff that feel like productivity, but probably just busyness. Um, and they're not getting you closer to your goals. So you really want to make time to be. We're also talk about the ADHD tax in this. It's very ADHD to book a class and know that I couldn't put my energy towards it. I paid for a class that I didn't take out. I'm doing it now, right? And I'm enjoying the journey, but it's just not the same. I'm doing it alone. I do much better learning in a group setting because I need all that accountability and cheerleading and that feel good of being in a group. Now, the second thing I want to say on this is I'm not beating myself up for this because that's not helpful either. It would be really easy for me to just berate myself for spending that money and not doing the class properly. I'm just picking it up and doing it a different time. Another thing I'm doing this summer is I'm recording the guests for September ahead of time. And I have amazing guests coming on. I'm finishing up my final project for trauma-informed coaching certification. I appealed for an extra 30 days to get it done. Then I'm winding down on those extra 30 days. I have been working on it, but not as much as I should. So after I record this podcast, I'm actually going to spend an hour on that and continue to work on it. And last but not least, I'm preparing for something really important. I'm going to do a little drum roll here. Everybody drum roll. I don't know if you can hear it on the table. I um, putting together my presentation for the International Conference on ADHD in Dallas, Texas this November. Okay, that's the International Conference on ADHD. This has been a dream of mine. I've applied twice. The second time I actually was um, invited to come and speak. It is a very big deal. I'm very, very excited about it. And I really want to put my energies and efforts towards it. So that is something that I'm going to be working on this summer. I mentioned the podcast in passing, so I'm going to go back there. Now that I'm feeling more energized and feeling less frustrated and burned out, I want you to know that I interviewed Sasha Morozov yesterday, and it was so good that I'm moving it to the first week of August. So right after this podcast episode is going to be Sasha. We talked about boundaries, taking care of yourself, values, all kinds of juicy things you won't want to miss. Then for three weeks, there will be a bonus replay of my three-part mini-series on decluttering your office. That'll help you set yourself up for success before September. If you're like me, a lot of people are kind of chilling out in August. It's a good time to do maybe a couple of organizing projects, things that you normally wouldn't get to because you're way too busy with other kinds of work. So take advantage of that. Like I said before, it's about 10 minutes each. Super easy to listen in and enjoy that. We have absolutely amazing guests coming in this fall. They're already lined up and set for September. We're talking all about planning. That's going to be a whole variety of different types of planning, some around financial planning, some around business planning, some around getting parts of your home organized and decluttered. You won't want to miss any of that. It's going to be great. I know the people. They're so good. 
And then in October, we're going to be doing ADHD around ADHD Awareness Month. If you're learning, learning, in case this all wasn't enough, if you're not still feeling overwhelmed at this point, uh, to learn more great strategies to manage your brain, uh, any neurodivergency you have, or maybe it's just that you have a very busy brain, you can grab a copy of my free guide, Tame Your ADHD Brain, at the link in the show notes. This has been amazing. I feel so enthusiastic and energized and positive about the rest of the summer. I'm really loving this whole idea of getting more rest and really coming to terms with what my 100% is. And I hope this has been helpful for you and that you'll also take time just to be this summer. Enjoy. And I'll see you again at the end of August when I tell you all about what happened in August and how things went. I'm super excited for it. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices Amplified.